everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Ployer, and I'm the founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, as well as the host of this weekly broadcast put on by Sped Homeschool called Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges, and I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about the resources and support that we offer families. Um, This is a special um, time for our broadcast. We normally don't do Thursday nights, but um, I had some plans next week that now have changed. But since we were already scheduled, we're just going to kind of go ahead with this time. And we're so we're diving into next month's topic, which we're finishing up March. March, we have been focusing on different things that you can do at home that are a little um, more inexpensive, not cheap, because uh, the, the quality of the things that have been shared this month have been amazing, of things you can do in your homeschool for, for little to nothing. So if you haven't caught some of our broadcasts or podcasts in this last month, you'll want to go back and listen to those. Um, and then as we are moving forward into April, we're going to focus on things that you could do on the go. I know when spring started to hit, and I've been homeschooling for a long time, but I remember when my kids were little, it's like, when can we get outside and do something active? So um, we know that you're going to want to be on the go and doing more field trips. And what can we do to learn while we're out and about? So tonight's topic is extremely great because it bridges both of those. We're going to talk about everyday things that you can do to determine therapy goals for your your homeschooled student. And Kate Ponce is with us. Um, and I'm going to pull up your, your website here from Thrive at Homeschool, um, which is thriveathomeschool.com. Uh, and so thank you for joining us and being willing to share um, some of the information that you have. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So if you are watching live, and I see we have some guests already joining us live, we'd love for you to be able to share this with, with others. Of course, if you're you're listening um, or on the recorded session or watching it too, feel free to share it also. But um, if you are watching live, just know that you can make comments and we will see those in the feed. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can make comments there. You're watching on Facebook, you can make comments there. If you're watching in our Facebook group, just know that you have to give permission to StreamYard to be able to post post your comments up onto the public screen because that is a private group. Um, and if you are watching on our Empowered Homeschool platform, actually, I started kindergarten in the public school system and then was homeschooled from first grade through 12th grade. Awesome. Um, so then I ended up getting a degree in apparel design. I wasn't sure what I wanted to study college-wise. Oh. I looked at healthcare, mm-hmm. kind of decided against it. Mm -hmm. Um, After I finished in apparel, I ended up going into occupational therapy, which was a really neat fit for me. Really? To use that creative Uh side that Uh I had from apparel. Um, So I studied occupational therapy. And then I had initially worked mostly with adults. I kind of was interested Hmm. in pediatrics, but you kind of you request your clinicals and then you get what you get kind of deal. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up getting clinicals with adults and my first couple of jobs were with adults. Hmm. But then once we started having kids of our own, my husband and I, I kind of started branching out a little bit more towards some kind of the pediatric side of things mm-hmm. again, picking mm-hmm. it up, refreshing what I'd learned in um, school and really applying that at home 
both with my own kids and then just answering questions, you know, that friends would bring up and things. Right. Yeah. So now we have um, two daughters and we're expecting our third uh, son this summer. Oh, um, and so we've been we kind of we're starting to getting ready to try or getting started and enjoying starting homeschooling with the girls. Yeah, especially the oldest. We've been doing preschool now for mm-hmm. a couple of years. Um, and I'm enjoying getting to get back into homeschooling after, you know, the break from my own college. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. homeschool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing the amount of people that are just starting out homeschooling from the get go with the youngers. Um, you are in. You have a lot of companions <laughs> out there. Yes. Um, I've talked to a lot of them at homeschool conferences and parents just who have decided from the beginning this is what we're going to do. Um, it's a whole new generation. And again, as a, a homeschooled student yourself, we're we're seeing that as well. Yes. And I got the neat opportunity before I applied to OT school, we had to get clinical experience and experience working with different ages. Oh, so uh-huh. I was working with older adults in an adult day program, but I ended up picking up a job at the school system as a special ed aide to kind of hmm. get that pediatric side right. that I needed to apply to school. And I had wanted to homeschool before, but then going into the classroom and being in there and seeing just the limitations that it puts mm. on the education when you have a whole classroom you're trying to teach right. at once yeah kind of just reinforced for mm-hmm. me at least the the benefits of homeschooling when you have that opportunity right you hear that so much from so many teachers i have friends in special ed and they're so tired and they try so hard and it's i mean kudos to them that for doing that, but it, it is a very restricted system. And so, so yeah, very challenging. And so I just want to commend all you parents, you know, you feel like you're, it's, it's difficult, but you're, you really are providing an environment for your student to learn and to grow that is less restrictive at home, no matter how hard it seems. I know it, is, it sometimes <laughs> seems really hard a lot of days. We just want to encourage you. And that's why we're here. So, um, so yeah, and I hope what Kate has to share is going to just continue to, to encourage you in that area. So as we're getting started in, in this, you know, in these real life everyday experiences, what are some advantages of learning in that context in relation to like our schedule and in homeschooling in general? Well, a big benefit that, um, we find, at least, and then I found growing up, is it does give you a lot more flexibility hmm. in the schedule. You don't have to necessarily be at home if you want to go yeah. visit grandparents, if you wanted to work in field trips and things so that you're hmm. not on the field trip when everyone else is. So it's not as crowded. <laughs> right. I used to call ahead of time and say, is there a group coming today? Because I'm not coming if they are. <laughs> And I don't know, with as many new people homeschooling, that may not be the case anymore. Right, exactly. (laughs) When we were younger growing up, you know, you could go and you could get the times that weren't Hmm. as busy. You could go to the beach in the off season um, and and kind of get gain that experience. So when you have these activities where you're kind of teaching kids on the go, that's the biggest benefit I find is that it gives you that flexibility Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you're not always just toting the books with you everywhere. You can be selective about what books you may want to take and then Mm -hmm. just work in those learning activities as you go into your schedule. 
Yeah. Yeah. I never, you know, that, that that's a good thing to point out is that, you know, we can pick and choose what's going to happen that day and we don't have to yes. like bring the whole tote with us. <laughs> right. And, yes. And you can, you can learn while you're going to the grocery store. You can learn while you're running some of those errands as well, mm-hmm. which then also will free you up on weekends to do more family things rather than having some of those more chore based kind of. Right. Yeah. You mentioned learning in the grocery store. I think we have a broadcast coming up and the whole hour is going to be talking about how to learn in the grocery store. So that's going to be interesting. (laughs) There are so many different things you can learn and Mm -hmm. do. And when you realize um, we had run into with my daughter the oldest one she didn't remember like before COVID, obviously, because she was right. very young. And the right. first time we started taking her into a store again as things mm-hmm. started settling back down. And she was just like, Oh my goodness, look at all this stuff. <laughs> and I said, Well, it's a store, you have to bring your money. So then the next time she had to go find like money and take it with her because oh. she wanted to understand how this new place works. Right. Um, yeah. But just yeah. Just mm-hmm. for her, just all those learning things and stimulating environment. Right. I never even thought about that that discovery mode that our kids are in when we take them new places. Um, can you talk yes. a little bit more about that as, as to how to maybe as a parent kind of use that to, to our advantage about helping kids be more curious? Well, I think sometimes, a lot of times, it's just exposing them to different environments, Mm. different, and like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be an expensive environment for her, having been (laughs) at home, it was just Mm -hmm. stopping in, and I think it was the first time was even stopping into a gas station on the way to the beach just to go to the bathroom, Uh Um, and realizing, and then realizing, okay, now I can show you, you know, this is the flower we have at home, but look, here's different kinds of flowers and you can teach her about the different kinds of flowers. She loves to cook, you know, so we, Mm -hmm. here's different options you can get the different options you can purchase. And then Mm. as she gets older, of course, teaching her how to compare prices and why you might pick this one over that one. Mm -hmm. She's already gotten pickier now going to the grocery (laughs) store with me on which, which, foods like she doesn't like her cheese with the orange in it okay Uh white better cheese um and now that we're back in the grocery store when she sees that it's orange she's like nope that's not the one we get you know (laughs) (laughs) teaching her all of those kinds of things right yeah Um, and I think a lot of times it's like the attitude that you have as Mm, a parent when you go through yeah so if I go through kind of stressed and oh no here's what we need to get whereas if Mm -hmm. I go through when it's maybe not as crowded when we can kind of relax right take our time Mm. we're not going to be hungry and then (laughs) you know point out things to her and be like oh look at this Mm. do you know what this is and can really teach her along the way that kind of models that sense of wonder right Um, yeah and then again that same thing that you can then apply when you go to other more exciting, as we would say, mm-hmm. field trips like the zoo and those kinds of things. Um, right. kind of talking, we've been talking about going to the zoo with the girls and mm. telling them, getting them pumped up and being like, okay, well, when we go to the zoo, these mm-hmm. are the animals mm-hmm. you're going to see. You know how you've read about this yes. animal. 
we may see that at the zoo. Mm-hmm. Let's read a little more about the animal so that you know what to yeah. expect. Yes. Yeah. And so you've kind of answered some of those preliminary questions. You've got other questions that are now starting to formulate in their their head. And for like our kids on the spectrum, those are almost like social stories already preparing them for that place. Exactly. So that's mm -hmm. another thing. So um, and we've run into that, you know, with our oldest, she can get really nervous sometimes in different mm-hmm. settings. So mm-hmm. we notice, we've noticed if you do prepare her, and it's the same thing, like you said, as you would with a child who maybe has autism mm-hmm. or has um, anxiety of any sort, you kind of just prepare them for what to expect. Here's right. what this is going to be yeah. like. And then that helps them be more prepared so they're not shocked and Mm-hmm. thrown off by the new environment that, that you're right and I want to bring up to something you said a little while ago too about yes. making time and 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 making sure you're not rushed I think that's something some of us homeschool parents you know we want to fit in as much as we can and that can really rob our children and us of learning discoveries and I love that you pointed that out it can and especially too if you're working with someone who maybe is thrown off by the new environment, if you're then pushed into a situation and you're like, rush, 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 Mm -hmm. then you've further compounded that anxiety that that they've been thrown off on um, and made it even worse because Mm -hmm. you're now saying, not only am I not going to stop and take you out of the situation, I'm not even going to give you the time to process the situation before we Yes, and our kids sometimes have really long processing or, you know, slow processing speeds and just allowing that immersion to happen. Yes. All great points. Love it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, um, so what about as far as learning outcomes, the advantages of being in these like everyday immersive environments? Well, there's several that, um, are particularly beneficial. Um, First off, one of the things that I'll just touch on really briefly is sometimes if you have a child who's maybe reluctant to learning something or reluctant to a particular subject, putting it in this mm-hmm. real life situation can make it much more appealing. Yeah. It's going to show the child that it's more applicable, but also it's going to be feel like, I mean, mm-hmm. you can even teach with a game. So yeah. that will help you teach that skill, kind of mm-hmm. move past that roadblock without the frustration of, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not wanting to learn this. (laughs) Exactly. The shutdowns already happen and we're (laughs) we're beating a dead horse. (laughs) Right. And so that is one thing. And it's also, it's changing the environment. It's changing everything. You're no longer sitting where you usually sit when you do your school Mm -hmm. books. You've changed that environment as well, which can kind of give a fresh perspective sometimes and and for the kids and help them kind of reset. Yes, that's Um, a good point. But the other thing I think that it really helps with the parents is it helps you to really view whether the child is truly understanding what you're teaching. Mm -hmm. So if you're teaching and you, you kind of, if you really pay attention and you, as you interact with other people, you can tell when somebody really doesn't understand what they're talking about. They're just repeating something they've been told Mm -hmm. and they haven't actually processed it. They don't fully understand it themselves. 
Right. And I remember that was a big shock when I got to college and when I got to um, even professors and you'd ask a question and you realize they didn't know how to answer the question because they've mm. never actually thought about this. And they're a professor in this, you know, they have a PhD. But right. But they've studied the books <laughs> and they know how to rehash the book answers. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when you put it then in this real life situation, you're forcing your students to kind of process and apply to a slightly different situation, mm-hmm. a different mm-hmm. context. And right. it's also not going to be a context that incorporates, like it's probably not going to be exclusively math or exclusively science yes. because the real world isn't exclusively something. Right. Um, so that also helps you to kind of see if they're able to apply across these different um, like disciplines, these different right. subject areas, mm-hmm. and really integrate what they've learned. Um, mm-hmm. So that is helpful from a parent perspective because it lets you the same thing we see as a therapist. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm if I were working with a patient, seeing if they can really understand and yeah. apply that movement pattern or that exercise mm-hmm. once you've removed the context they've been practicing in. Yes. Um, yeah. It's good to so, practice and, and yes. equip your student with all of that in an ideal environment. But at some point we have to apply it, like you said, and it's not an ideal environment. <laughs> and how, how does yes. our student do? <laughs> and, and so, yes, that makes, that makes perfect sense that, but, but as a parent to be mindful that that's what we're watching for instead of going, well, we're just going to go somewhere and enjoy ourselves. But but taking that step back and do you have any advice on how to mentally do that as a parent? (laughs) Well, um, so the biggest thing I think is again, kind of like we touched on a little bit earlier, but giving yourself enough time. Mm -hmm. So letting Mm -hmm. yourself have enough cushion in the day that if you're seeing, Oh, maybe they're not really grasping this subject we're discussing, Mm -hmm. or maybe they're really into this subject and we want to take it further whatever that you can just set the books aside and go down and Mm -hmm. do an activity just right then and there kind of a spontaneous activity, Mm -hmm. but you have to allow yourself enough cushion within your schedule in in order to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing. Um, The other tip that I really would have is just kind of look ahead and kind of plan ahead. Mm. So if you have a season coming up and you, for example, really mm, wanted mm-hmm. to focus on like one thing we've tried for a couple of years now, we're still learning mm-hmm. is tapping our maple tree in the backyard. Oh, so let's yeah. the girls, you know, we've, we've taken them up to the maple festival and let them see, you know, the, at the maple festival, the buckets with the sap and getting boiled yeah. down, but actually really experiencing it mm-hmm. in the backyard um, by tapping the tree and they get to go out and they watch the tap, the sap just drip into the bucket mm-hmm. slowly and yeah. realizing how long it how takes. How long, yes. <laughs> and really appreciating then your maple syrup that you mm-hmm. get. Um, but it t- requires me to plan ahead because you yes. start tapping the tree mm-hmm. in January. You've just had Christmas. <laughs> you're getting right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of be prepared and be planned ahead, plan ahead. Cause we have right. tapped the tree far too late and then you don't get as good of a result. Um, right. So mm-hmm. keeping that in mind the year as a whole, and then each week or each month, mm-hmm. um, 
as far as what you're going to be studying and what activities you could incorporate or what mm-hmm. field trips mm-hmm. may be fun to incorporate. Yeah. Um, and then even day to day, like if you know that the next day you want to do a field trip, then doubling up on some of those other subjects to kind of get them done mm-hmm. so you're free to to have the day to really do your field trip. Right. Instead of cram in math, rush home and, or yeah, before we leave and then after we get home. And because <laughs> exactly. then you're A, not going to enjoy math. Um, right. But B, you're going to be rushed going into that field trip as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it really is. It's, it's such a, I mean, when I look back at the years of homeschooling with my kids, my kids remember those days. They don't remember the days, you know, that we spent at the kitchen table doing all the workbooks and stuff. It's those days. And yes. and you want those memories to be good. And so so preparing for that is is so important. And, you know, it like you said, the, the time. And I wish I would have spent more time. I mean, I can look back and say lots of things. But <laughs> moving right. forward to all of you that are listening, make the time. Listen to Kate. <laughs> Oh, that's yes. really good advice. Yep. Awesome. So do you have any tips that would help parents be more mindful to take time away from books and use more practical everyday experiences? I think it kind of is going to depend on your teaching style and how you, and for each individual parent as to what mm-hmm. works really well for you. Yeah. Um I tend to do really well with routines personally. So if I can kind of get mm-hmm. in a routine, uh, for example, at the age that the girls are right now, I can teach them a lot when we're doing a cooking activity, but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to involve them in dinner prep because that's usually got raw <laughs> meat and everything. Right. So we, and you are on a time schedule usually and a lot right. of other things. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we will do breakfast. And oh. so... I get up, I do whatever chores I don't want them involved in, like mm. emails or right. <laughs> more difficult with them around. Mm-hmm. And then once they wake up, it's not every day of the week, but several days of the week, we'll do a very simple breakfast bread that we'll do like a muffin mm. or scone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that gives us the chance to talk about measurements, to mm. count Um, As you know, as we're measuring the different cups, but then also talk about the differences in the measurements. Right. Um, And then, you know, biscuits are circles, scones are triangles. Mm, You can go into mm -hmm. fractions when you cut the scones. We've kind of been introducing that side Mm -hmm. of things. Um, Not to mention that you're teaching them patience because you can't pull it straight out of the oven right after you put it in. Uh All those important, like fundamental skills as well. Exactly. um, That you're focusing on. And so that's a good way that we kind of work it into our routine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then another way is we like to plan either right before lunch or right after lunch, weather permitting, we'll go on a walk Hmm. and just Mm -hmm. put it on our schedule that that is something we will do that gives them yes exercise Mm -hmm. the stimulation Mm -hmm. we look for acorns in the fall we look Mm -hmm. for flowers in the spring you know we're looking for wildlife Mm -hmm. animals um the other day we were even finding sticks that were shaped like different letters while we were on our walk wow that is very creative (laughs) just fun things that you find as you're you know, as you're walking and, but you have to make the 
time again. And Uh, yes. And like I said, for me, it's easier to put it into the routine Mm -hmm. and that helps me to make the time, but you know, what works best for other parents, maybe right. different, mm-hmm. different but I think it does help our kids too, when they know what's coming. And I yes. know with my kids on the spectrum, that was important because they just expected that, you know, the schedule was the schedule and, you know, we always had it up on a blackboard. And, and if you have that prepared, they're going to be more apt to be involved in that and go, yeah, that's what we're doing versus no, I don't want to do that. But if, if it becomes a routine, you know, all of a sudden I, I said, when is it going to happen that my kids are just going to get up and grab their books and sit at the table? And it did happen. But it took about maybe two to three years for them to say, oh, this is what we do. (laughs) Exactly. And routines, like when you think about it, even going through like sleep, when Mm, you stick to mm -hmm. a consistent routine, that's like throughout the lifespan, even older adults, you know, when I work with older adults, if you're inconsistent in your sleep, it's going to throw off your whole day. But Mm. if you get that sleep down consistently, which then makes for a consistent wake up time. Mm-hmm. And then from there, your day follows that consistent routine. You will feel better. You will function better and be mm-hmm. less prone to the irritations that everyone gets, you know, when we're tired or when we're thrown off. Right. Um, yeah. On that yeah. Sleep, which can especially help, you know, if you've already got a child who's struggling mm-hmm. in some areas, keeping that sleep at least consistent will help. Yes. Um, as yeah. well. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, that can then lead through the whole rest of the day being yeah. Following. And it doesn't mean that there isn't something that would, would come up, but, but over, exactly. over time, <laughs> we've, we've been better at keeping that schedule than it being all over the place. And it, yes. it does add up. And that's, that is very true. And so that's, but you are right. There are days that the routine is totally out the window. That <laughs> <laughs> just happens. Yeah. yeah. That's why yes. you write everything in pencil in your, your planner. <laughs> Exactly. You can always read two chapters of this book tomorrow. Exactly. Yes. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be today. Yep. Yeah. So true. Yep. Mm-hmm. So can you share some examples with us of how to incorporate everyday learning into our homeschooling schedules and maybe how those activities may be helpful in determining therapy goals for our students? So I'll, I guess I'll touch on the learning part of that first. Yeah. Um, Some of the activities, like, for example, we were reading a book the other day and we're learning about um, physics and we're learning about pulleys and wheels Mm. and machines. And, yeah, you know, we it was actually the second time we read it because she went back and my daughter went back, pulled it off the shelf and said, let's reread this one after we'd already finished, you know, the day's science. Well, you listen a couple couple broadcasts back and we're talking about reading comprehension. She actually says to do that. So, so they get more yeah, out of they it. get more out of it. Yes. Exactly. So it so drives we, us crazy as parents. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. by the time you have read this story, you know, some of these stories like 10 times, they right. know it by heart. Oh, they do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You ask them the first time and they're like, huh, I don't have a clue what we just read. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yes. So when we finished reading the book again the second time and I realized, you know, she was starting to get it a little more. She was starting to understand it a little better. Mm. And I said, well, let's go. You know, your sister's asleep. Let's go down and have some fun. And we went down. My husband has a gym in the basement. 
Mm-hmm. We went down and we got out some of his gym equipment. And so uh-huh. I'd be like, okay, here, try to lift this weight right now. You feel mm-hmm. how heavy it is? Now let's put it over here on the wagon and see how it's easier to pull in the wagon mm-hmm. versus pulling on the sled or mm-hmm. how it's easier to, you know, lift it with the pulley system versus just lifting right. it on your own. Um, and, and really helping that kind of sink in. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's really where looking at what interests your kids or what challenges mm-hmm. your kids and mm-hmm. kind of making an activity out of it. Right. So you can go outside. We were watching honeybees one day outside mm-hmm. flying mm-hmm. from flower to flower. Went inside, made an art picture. We punched out little pollen circles with the whole punch, you know, and glued uh-huh. some on the bee, glued some on the flower, drew out a diagram of the parts of the flower, you know, based on mm-hmm. the flower we used as our model. Right. And the whole, like, hands-on fun activity that we built mm. out of just this observation we had outside. Right, yeah. To really yeah. help it go from, you know, we talked about the flower outside, but then once we drew and labeled all the parts, then mm-hmm. it really started to sink in what the parts were. And then of right. course we hang it up on the wall and you can go look at it all the time. Exactly. That, that's such a great, a, a, a great, yeah, I always say when I, I give a talk on creative homeschooling and, and putting things on your walls, because you don't realize how many times your children walk past that picture and every time they walk past it, they look at it and they yes. remember that lesson over and over and over again. And and it's it's amazing how much they remember when you do that. We made, going off of that, a little bit of a sidetrack, but we made a quilt, which the girls helped a tiny bit mostly. It was me, but a <laughs> quilt of the state of Virginia because we live in Virginia and mm-hmm. each county is a different color. Uh-huh. And well, some of them are yeah. the same color, but you know, mm-hmm. so that it's a quilt of the different counties right. and then put blocks around the outside. And as we go to a state park, they can put the state park patch in the block oh, and then they have cool. the state map in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it has sparked this fascination with maps. Mm. And now my daughter, she'll flip open anything. Like she'll flip open a magazine and they'll have a map and she'll <laughs> ask where is this, you know, where do I live Uh on this map, Um, you know, and having to talk to her and explain Mm -hmm. to her. My dad was laughing because she flipped open her Bible and Sunday in church (laughs) and she goes, grandpa, where do I live on this map? And he said, oh, well, you're not on that map. That's that map is where Jesus lived. She goes, oh, this is a map of heaven. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> we had to explain, go home with a world map. Sure, this is where Jesus lived when he walked on earth. Right. <laughs> Not a map of <laughs> oh, that's great, though. But, but really, you know, it's kind of just from her just walking by right. and seeing it. Like you uh-huh. mentioned, yeah. sparked this fascination. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's, um, so, so those were a few of the ideas for some of the older kids, sometimes incorporating things like my dad, when we were growing up, my brothers, one time learning about engines, kind of interested mm, in physics mm-hmm. and engines. Right. So he took the old lawnmower was broken. He said, well, come on, let's take it apart ah, together yeah. and see if we can fix it, mm-hmm. um, which really applied a lot of the stuff they were learning. One mm-hmm. of the brothers, I think he ended up even making a 4-H presentation about the 
project, you know, wow. presenting mm-hmm. what he had learned. Um, but just a fabulous experience that they really could apply. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those principles. Um, and mm-hmm. then I know you and I were talking briefly before about soap making, but. Oh, yes. Yeah. We tried making mm-hmm. soap a few years ago and the first time it was a disaster. It didn't set up. <laughs> And we went back and like looked at the chemistry and realized, you know, we were confusing like fluid ounces with weight ounces when we were putting in the liquid. You know, we went. That's a learning experience. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. again, pull out the chemistry book, go back through. One of my brothers is a chemist, so we had Mm. to help us out. And he's like, what do you mean you confused it? Why would it change the, you know, from... (laughs) From weight ounces mm-hmm. to fluid ounces in the same recipe. And we're like, well, I don't know. We didn't think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but just, uh, you know, applying those kinds of those principles you're learning and really putting them in. And I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you get your soap proportions off and you have a disaster. Right. Yeah. So, but it's a learning experience all, all a the same. But a learning experience yes. at, while a disaster. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. You just have a lot of liquid soap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, so again, like, like I said, just looking at what your kids enjoy, looking at what yes. kinds of things you're mm-hmm. studying and just how can you make this hands-on? How can you mm-hmm. work this into an activity and kind of be a little bit spontaneous with it? Right. Yeah. You know? And just looking around your environment where you're at. I mean, a lot of the things exactly. I'm hearing, hearing you describe, you know, it's just, it's in the house, it's in the backyard, it's in the basement. Yes. Um, we don't have to go far. Yeah. Yeah, And it doesn't have to be expensive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be something that's going to cost a bunch of money. It doesn't have to be a fancy kit. You can just Right. Do it at home with what you've got. Mm-hmm. So, and I know yeah. uh, I always saw myself as not being extremely creative. I don't know if you've been, if you see yourself as creative, you, you kind of seem like you're, you're more creative than I, I am. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I learned over time that as I gave myself grace, that I, I found things that I could be creative with because <laughs> I'm yeah. an engineer by training. And so, you know, things just needed to be laid out for me. And as I kind of just kind of let loose a little bit, my, my kids caused that to happen, um, that you just, you, you find things. And, and I think it goes back to what you were talking about at the very beginning about that time, allowing yourself the time. Because when you take the step back and you start looking, when you're not rushed, you will see those opportunities. And there are so many of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So then touching then on the therapy side of things. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when you kind of following that same um, mindset, but when you look at what is involved in an activity, so say your child is struggling with handwriting and you're not mm-hmm. really sure how to help them. You're mm-hmm. not really sure where to intervene. If you really look at that handwriting and kind of break the task down and you know that handwriting has multiple components right. um, and you can mm-hmm. that, learn and read up on each one. It could be the fine motor, it could be the gross motor, it could be mm-hmm. some cognitive, it could be some visual. Kind of figure out what the challenge is. Hmm. You can then observe other activities that maybe oh. have those same components. Mm-hmm. So for example, say that your child, you're thinking, oh, it's probably fine motor, but then you observe them performing another fine, a totally different fine motor task with no trouble at all. Mm. 
you know, you, just because you thought you it was cross that one off the list. Cross <laughs> that one off the list, you know. Right. And so that's one way we're observing in this environment, um, mm-hmm. and in this natural environment, it helps you kind of weed out and cross off what isn't actually mm-hmm. the problem, or identify yeah. what is, and mm-hmm. then you can incorporate activities that maybe the handwriting has kind of like I said earlier, you know, when something becomes a challenge and you don't really want to do it anymore, mm-hmm. maybe handwriting has become that you don't right. even want to do handwriting anymore, but you've identified what the challenge is with handwriting hmm. and you address mm-hmm. that challenge in a new and totally different and unrelated way. Right. Yeah. It could then be posture. And, and so then, you know, you're, you're working on like, large motor body types of things. Exactly. And you're working on posture in a totally unrelated Mm -hmm. to handwriting activity. Mm -hmm. Um, That will then give you the opportunity, kind of give you that in to then take it back. um, Right. And and then address the handwriting later. Mm. I don't know. I think the perfect example in this, she was an older patient, but I had a lady in a nursing home one time and she did not want to do the exercises, but she was weaker and she didn't, you know, she really right. needed to do yeah. exercise. Uh-huh. So I said, well, you know, you made it all the way down here to the clinic or to the gym space. So let's just go ahead. And can you just help me put away these canned goods? Mm. Well, I knew that the canned goods weighed about the same amount as the weight she absolutely refused to oh. use. Um, <laughs> but she was agreeable to putting those canned goods up and lifting them mm. up and putting them in the cabinet and she got in the exercise without doing exercise, right? Uh, which was yeah. more enjoyable to her. Mm-hmm. So using that yeah. same mindset, like I said, when you work with your students, right? Um, yeah. So identified- like making things a game. Yes. And, and so they don't see it as this is just a repetitive motion I'm doing over and over again. Um, yes. and, and like you, you were drawing on that, that woman's probably desire to be helpful. Um, yes, it's those exactly. internal motivators that we have to figure out what our, what drives our kids and drives us. Um, that's why a lot of people fail at, at exercising because it's not fun. If you don't no. find something that you like, you're going to give up on it. And so are your kids. <laughs> <laughs> and the same with sometimes with those lessons, you know, if it's mm-hmm. not, if it's not clicking, find right. a different way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, um, too, this is kind of something we touched, started on earlier, but going back to that, as far as where to how to work in activities, mm-hmm. sometimes if you're having, if you're kind of reached that barrier, like reach that block and you look ahead at the lesson, you read it, you figure out what the goal of that lesson is mm-hmm. don't even use the worksheet if you know if it's math ah, or whatever yeah. just use that to design your activity that you're mm-hmm. going to do mm-hmm. just put a note on the page that says we did this activity verbally orally you know however you want to phrase it or did it with an activity and right. so that you know mm-hmm. you're done and you don't accidentally go back to it later but right um, do that and move on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to go back and do the worksheet as well. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so Kate just yeah. gave you permission to do that. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that that's hard for those those box checkers who say it I've got to get every everything done. Um, but but that but you don't, but you don't. <laughs> and your kids will will see that as as something fun and in the, they're less likely to fight it 
And, and again, you're going back to what you were talking about kind of at the very beginning was that in the natural environment, it isn't just this, you know, perfect setup. We're going to see a lot of other things come out that then you can determine, is this really the issue that this student is having? Exactly. So, yeah, that's some really good advice um, about all of that. All right. So um, how can parents ensure that they're challenging their students so activities aren't busy work, but also aren't so challenging that they deter their kids from <laughs> wanting to do anything at all. It's like, oh no, we're going outside again. Mom's got something crazy planned. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, again, in this situation, it involves looking at the activity itself and really kind of analyzing what is involved in this activity I have planned and will mm-hmm. my kids be able to perform that activity at that level. Right. Um, and then also looking at then what you're trying to teach them. So Mm. is this really the next level, the next point at what I want to teach them? Or maybe is this a little bit too challenging or not challenging enough? Mm -hmm. So going back to, you know, we mentioned the grocery store example before, but it sounds like this sounds overwhelming, but you do this a lot on a daily basis. When you think about it, if you're going to take your kids to the grocery store and say you have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, an 18-month-old, mm-hmm. you're going to automatically realize, well, the 18-month-old takes a nap at whatever time. So <laughs> if we don't give ourselves enough time before nap, we're going to uh-huh. have a meltdown yes. or whatever mm-hmm. in the grocery so there's store. planning there, yes. Uh-huh. So <laughs> you're going to already modify the activity in a sense mm-hmm. to accommodate for that nap schedule. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're also, your 18-month-old probably isn't going to walk through the grocery store. So you're going to modify and make sure you get a cart that you can put the 18-month-old in so they can ride, which is mm-hmm. going to help them to get through the store. So you've now modified this grocery shopping task to mm-hmm. let all three children participate. Yeah. But when you then put in that learning side of things, you're going to, as you go through the store, maybe you're working on colors with your youngest one. Mm -hmm. So you'll point Mm -hmm. out things that are different colors as you go through the grocery store. You're not going to ask your six-year-old, tell me what color that is. Right. Because in most cases, your six-year-old is probably well past that. Mm -hmm. So you can then ask your six-year-old, can you tell me what the price of that object is? Mm -hmm. Or or what that item, or can you tell me, is this item more expensive or less expensive than that item? Mm -hmm. And kind of let them, because that's what they're working on. Um, And then your middle kid, if you said, you know, maybe about four years old or whatever, mm-hmm. then you can maybe have them read the numbers to you. They're not going to understand it's a dollar thirty three, mm-hmm. but they'll be able to say it's a one, it's a three, it's a three. Mm-hmm. And kind of help them understand. And so you've kind of incorporated all of the kids in the same activity, yeah. but yet they're each being challenged in their own way. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of modified the activity a little bit to kind of tweak what you were wanting to work on with each child. Does that come up? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Since they're... Definitely. Yes. And and they're they're not competing with each other because they each have their own goals, (laughs) which is is important when you have especially competitive children. Um, Yes. And and so, yeah, it's it's good to have Because if you just went in and you said, who can tell me what color this is, you know, Mm. you're probably going to have everybody piping in except the one you want telling you what color. 
Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be way too easy for those older ones. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, it's turned into the busy work, you know, for mm-hmm. them. Yes, exactly. And or and it's too challenging giving the price for the 18 month old. Exactly. Or even the four year old Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. can't tell you what what that price is. But it's amazing when you do that in a group, though, that those youngers start learning from what the old ones, older ones say. (laughs) So beware. We've been laughing about that um, with our youngest right now just how much she's counting how high she's counting she has mm. no clue what she's really saying but she will right. sit there and she's count repeating. all her numbers because uh-huh. she's repeating yeah uh. so and it's just <laughs> from hearing older sister mm-hmm. so where were you at in the family as far as the homeschooled kids i was the oldest okay and then i had to <laughs> Two younger brothers. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get that side of Right. Things. They it's they caught from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they actually, they joke about it because I picked um, Latin as my foreign language when I reached uh-huh. high school. And then mom told the boys, well, we already bought Latin, so you can learn <laughs> Latin. And they were not pretty. Well, the one closer in age to me, he was okay with it. But mm. the youngest one was like, I have to study Latin. <laughs> and it's your fault. <laughs> it's all your fault. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so mom did let him purchase the Spanish curriculum after he finished the Latin. Mm. He could start learning mm-hmm. Spanish. He felt that was more practical. Yes. Yeah. All my kids started learning Chinese because my middle oh, one had a speech issue and he couldn't say his R's. And they don't say R in, in Chinese. So I was like, okay, well, we're learning Mandarin then. And the other two are like, uh, <laughs> not really. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it lasted as long as it lasted. <laughs> so, yeah, you make those accommodations, and and yes, those little ones, they're the tagalongs. They yeah. just kind of yeah, learn as, as they faster. come along. Yes, that is Mm -hmm. very true. (laughs) So Creative Minds Homeschooling made a comment. She goes, uh, your night lives are so much easier to make. I'm trying. I'm not trying to teach school. I know it's just it's difficult on on my schedule. And actually, we have more interaction during the day. So I'm I'm sorry that we've we've switched to afternoons. Um, But um, at least you can catch the the replays. But um, every once in a while, we'll try to get an evening in here and there. Um, so, so thank you for that comment and then for, for being on with us. Yeah. So, um, as we're wrapping up, I would love for you to tell our viewers where they can connect with you and about some of the services that you offer homeschooling families. Okay. Um, yes, well, I am an occupational therapist. I am in, we live in Virginia, so I am licensed in Virginia. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who lives in Virginia who wants occupational therapy services, um, they can reach out on the websites at the bottom of your screen there. Yep, thriveathomeschool.com. <laughs> and then from there, it will kind of link to the clinic, so, clinical mm-hmm. side of the website where you could inquire about occupational therapy services mm-hmm. give some more details we do take a little bit different approach. My husband's a PT. I'm an OT. Okay. Um, to therapy, a lot of times we like to, the way we like to think about it is what you're doing in the moment, like with therapy and these few hours you have with therapy mm. isn't going to make as much of an impact as what you're doing all of the other hours in your day. Exactly. So yeah. mm-hmm. we do 
um, try to like it when you do therapy with us, it's not like you're necessarily going to see us a ton. Mm. We're going to try to check in with you, give you ideas to try and then check in and see how those ideas went mm. versus mm-hmm. just like piano lessons, clock in once a week and we'll do your therapy kind of deal. Right. Um, yes. So yeah. it's a little bit of a different approach mm-hmm. um, to that. It is more a lot more parent involved. So mm-hmm. that does mm-hmm. mean... Which most go, homeschool parents enjoy. And, enjoy exactly. and like you said, again, it is more effective because it's a consistent it, therapy that's being applied the with the students. It makes changes mm-hmm. to the actual day um, and to your actual routine, which is going to make a diff- more of an impact. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Um, and then for anyone living outside Virginia, we do, I do put ideas, different mm-hmm. homeschool ideas on the website or on the Facebook page and um, Instagram page mm-hmm. to kind of just give just different things. Like a couple weeks ago with we, the girls, we were sewing together and just mm. all the skills we saw or some of the skills, not even all of the skills, some of the skills that they were at picking up on learning Mm -hmm. as we were sewing, kind of just to get you thinking about your daily activities, thinking about how to make activities out of the, these things you already do and how Mm -hmm. to really make the most impact for your kids. So share some ideas there. um, And then some articles and stuff that I will write on the website as well. Just basic Mm -hmm. homeschool questions that I hear people ask, you know, all the time. Yeah experience you mm-hmm. know what yeah yeah what has worked as yep. far as everything I mean it ranges records <laughs> occupational therapy like all, all kinds of different things things to consider mm-hmm. you know when you're homeschooling right so that yeah. is all available on the website as well awesome and again that's thrive at homeschool.com if you're listening to the podcast um, or you can't see the screen if you're in another room and you're listening to us <laughs> as we're chatting um, that sometimes happens I know um, but but yeah Kate has some great information on on her website and it's awesome that that you can help parents I know that we've heard over and over again from parents who have moved from using a school model where they don't even interact with the therapist. They don't know what their child is doing in therapy and the therapist doesn't even talk to them because they don't have enough time to work with the parent as well as the child. And, and yet the crossover that we see and the improvement of parents working in tandem with therapy providers is leaps and bounds um, in progress. Another thing, too, that I think a lot of people don't realize is that the school model is the education model is a different model from what you would get if you got therapy in the community, Hmm. which would be under Mm -hmm. the medical model. And both of those are going to be strongly influenced by who is paying the bill. So in the school model, the Uh school is paying the bill Mm -hmm. if they can't directly tie it to school performance. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a struggle for your child. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're not going to address it. Um, right. And then the medical model insurance will set the limits. Um, mm-hmm. So that is one thing we did end up going with a cash based mm-hmm. model. So, you know, so you pay us directly for the therapy. Then if you wish to re- you know, submit to insurance for reimbursement, mm-hmm. that isn't fine. You know, parent, parents can do that, but um, right. you know, you'd have to work with insurance and see what mm-hmm. would be covered. But Right. That puts you in control over. That is so important to point out. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're not limited by what is insurance saying or what is the school system saying. Right. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize the school is so um, dictated by the policy and the money. And, and that's all they can offer. And it's, it's so sad that some kids will hit a plateau point or they'll, they'll finally get past that one thing and they'll say, okay, therapy's done. Even though your child really does need more therapy, but then they wait till they fall behind again and then therapy starts again. And it's just this constant back and forth and up and down and, and kids get, it's a yo-yo system that it's like, well, you're not bad enough off. So we're just gonna let you float. (laughs) Yes. Mm-hmm. And it definitely, definitely isn't the best. And then also the other factor that it influences is you're trying, they're, you're trying to keep that child integrated into a classroom in the mm-hmm. school setting, which is going to change because you're going to do what is like your goals and everything have to approach. How can this child stay in the classroom versus right. how can this child achieve this goal or learn this mm-hmm. you, or you it's not that you're not trying to achieve the goal but you know what i'm getting at here that, but yeah you still have to you want their environment to stay least the restrictive environment right. factor mm-hmm. is so right. key mm-hmm. that may or may not be truly what this child particular child needs right um, yeah yeah. And it's something where in the homeschool, you can really make that customized. Mm-hmm. And you've shared some great examples this last hour. If you're just joining us right now, you've got to go back and, and watch as soon as the replay pops up. Because um, Kate shared a lot of really great ideas on how to do everyday things. Um, talk about learning goals and just, just helping determine what your child specifically needs based on just some stuff you do around the house. Um, so so thank you, Kate, for, for all that you've shared in this last hour. It has been well, uh, really, really helpful. And, um, and I know our, our viewers are going to really enjoy it. And um, listeners on the podcast that <laughs> we have a lot of people that just download and they say, I plug you in my ear every week. Um, so, <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, and, and so make sure you do check out Kate's website. It's thrive at homeschool.com. And, and like she said, it's just a, uh, a mix of a whole bunch of things that she's, she's doing and um, just some of her expertise as a therapist mixed in with that. And if you live in Virginia, definitely um, see if she has some services that you could use. Uh, so, so that's awesome. And I want to thank our viewers. We've had quite a few popping in and out. I've, I've seen you on our, my little counter up there. I'm kind of quiet tonight, but I know it's, we've kind of, bridge the gap of dinner time and bedtime. So, um, so thank you for, for being here with us as we have just had this, this chat and, um, and for being part of our community. And also just want you to know that this broadcast is sponsored by viewers like you. Um, we sped homeschool is a 501c3 nonprofit and you can make a tax deductible donation to us. Just visit our website at spedhomeschool.com. And that's not the only thing we have there. We have lots of resources for you too, as well. Um, you can click on the get homeschool help there. Um, you can find our podcast on there and, um, how to, kind of tap into our community. Our blog is rated the number one special needs homeschooling blog. And so there's lots of great articles on there written by our partners. Um, and um, actually this last month, they've all been written by me, um, but they're just free resources from all of our partners. I went and dug through all their websites and and gave you all the free links. So, um, so you definitely want to go through some of those blogs and, and find that. And um, also I want to let you know that registrations have opened for 
our summer camp. We are having a family camp for the first time in partnership with the Ministry of Johnny and Friends. And it's going to be in Stewartville, Minnesota. And so if you are interested in that, you can fill out an application. There's no payment due at the time of application. You can just say, I'm interested. I want to go. Um, and, and we're also looking for volunteers because we are going to provide a buddy for every child that comes. And, and so we are excited to be able to give parents respite and to refresh and renew you, do horseback riding and, and have a chuck wagon dinner, a date night for parents. Um, just a lot of things we're going to, going to have for you, um, that we know as homeschool parents, um, who are affected by disability that you, um, you could use. So, um, and hopefully that will continue and we'll be moving into other states starting next year. So, um, so anyway, so that's all on our website. You can check it out at spedhomeschool.com. And again, check out um, Kate's website at thriveathomeschool.com. And then we are taking next week off. Um, I had a surgery scheduled that's now been canceled, um, which is fine. I was elective and I've decided just to not go through with it. And so I'm feeling at peace with that. But I have next week off for some reason. Um, so God willing that I'll be fine. Um, and then we'll be back the week after. And like I said, we're talking about on the go type homeschooling things. And um, what we're going to talk about when we get back is activity based learning in high school, which um, oftentimes we don't talk about. High school seems like that book thing. Um, but we're going to talk about getting outside the box and the books uh, for high school and how you can make um, high school more activity based. So you want to join us then. Um, so thanks, everybody for joining us. Thanks again, Kate. It was wonderful having Having you on, and um, I just appreciate you and um, taking some time to share with us tonight. So, um, so we'll see you all in about a week and a half. And um, so, have a good night. Bye, everybody. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together, we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.